Hello, Kairos. Again, welcome. We are so glad that you are here and worshiping with us. If we haven't gotten a chance to meet, I'm Lindsay Jacoby, and we would love to continue worshiping by reading God's Word. Um, we are going to be starting out a new series tonight called Get Going, and so we are going to be marching through part of Joshua's story. And so I'll invite you, if you have your copy of God's Word, feel free to follow along. The verses will also be up on the screen. So we'll be in Joshua chapter 1 tonight. Before we do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear? Jesus, would you go before us in this text and make a way? And together we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Joshua chapter 1 I'll begin reading in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. That you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Keep this book of the law always. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I'll say the word of the Lord if you'll say thanks be to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Jack. I'll say, bless the Lord. If you'll say, oh, my soul. Let me set the table down first. Bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. Uh, hi, guys. I'm Chris. I'm the pastor here. Um, thanks for being with us. It's 4 p.m. on a Sunday evening. I'm getting used to this rhythm. I hope you are, too. Uh, hopefully, you'll be out in time for a good evening meal and beat the dinner crowd if that's your thing. If not, you can skedaddle. Um, I do know some people are going somewhere to eat afterwards. I forget where it is. Chili Burrito. If you want to meet them there, that's cool. Social distancing, of course. Um, so we're all learning uh, new rhythms. Hey, if you're new here, welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Um, if you have a youngster who's a little bit fidgety like I do, there's coloring sheets and crayons. Or if you're just a bored, disengaging adult and you'd want something to pass the time until the music comes back, go for it. There's no judgment, just condemnation. Um, 
we're starting a series called uh, Get Going. Um, and it's just for us to find our courage and our strength again as disciples of Christ and following God into unknown and uncertain times. I don't know about you, but I need this message more than anybody. So we're gonna go through Joshua 1, 2, 3, and 4, and we're just gonna see the pattern of this narrative go down where Joshua uh, says yes, then he has to show mercy, then he has to step forward, then it's time to shout praise. And so we're gonna take that journey with him. And my desire is for us to be inspired, encouraged, and emboldened as the people of God following God into an unknown and uncertain future. I know that can all sound really rosy and inspirational and maybe meme-worthy, but at the end of the day, a lot of us are going to be fine today, but Mondays are coming, right? It's Sunday, but Mondays are coming, and we're just trying to hang on. We don't know what to expect, what's going to shift, what's going to change. And so I don't know about you, I've got plenty of spiritual disciplines and practices I've incorporated into my life, but I've also got a new one that I want to share with you. It's called Find a Theme Song for the Week. Okay, we did a talk one time at Kairos and say, just dance a little bit every day because sometimes you got to dance on the promises of God before you actually see them in reality and the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so we're learning to do that. Um, I think it was uh, last uh, Saturday, my daughter Maggie was baking something. They didn't have a key ingredient. They, it, everyone was just shot and tired and I'm in the den being lazy and I just said, does someone need a hero? Let me go, I will go to Publix and slay that dragon for you. And so we hopped in the car and I said, Mags, the only condition is you gotta call me your hero. Say, I need a hero. She's like, what? I'm like, let me get you get familiar with 80s pop songs, okay? Here's Bonnie Tyler, I need a hero, right? He's gotta be strong and he's gotta be brave and he's gotta be ready for the fight. She looks really, really angry at me and then starts to come around. So she likes the I need a hero song. Uh, this Saturday, right, um, I double dipped. Uh, we wanted donuts, and I'm like, I'm tired of paying a dollar a donut at Krispy Kreme and sitting in a line that's longer than uh, an exodus from Egypt line. It's ridiculous. But I do it anyway because I love my kids, and they love sugar. So it's a, it's a neat agreement that we have with one another. But just the day before, uh, I met my buddy Davey Fisher in the Cracker Barrel parking lot at 6 a.m., even before they opened, and I was rocking uh, Nothing Gonna Break in My Stride by Matthew Wilder from the 80s. Nothing gonna break in my stride, ain't nothing gonna hold me down. Oh, no, oh, no, I got to keep on moving. Two white middle-aged guys dancing in Cracker Barrel. I don't know how, how much more stereotypical you can get. But sometimes, man, when I'm facing the unknown, I don't know what's coming tomorrow. I just got to dance a little bit. I got to find that theme song. So as I was dreaming and scheming about what would the theme song be, like what would be the walkout music for our series, Get Going, okay? So in just a second, I'm going to play a clip from a song for you, okay? Now, we're going to have to mute it out for those of you watching online because we don't have the appropriate copyright issues. But for those of you in the room, it's okay. And as soon as you hear the song, I need you to raise your hand if you know what it is, whether you like it or not. Now, if you like it, because usually there's a rabid following for songs kind of like this, feel free to jump in and sing it and dance it and do everything that's appropriate to your expression of praise in this moment. But do you recognize this song?
daughters, then you'll embrace that kind of stuff, okay? It happens. Now, I'm going back and I'm listening to the lyrics of that song. Listen, like, this could be the exact, if not close to loose translated paraphrase of my prayers every morning. You're, you are not a voice just ringing in my ear, and if I heard you, which I don't, I'm spoken for I fear. I had my adventure, I don't need something new. I'm afraid of what I'm risking if I follow you into the unknown. Any of us who have been following Christ for any period of time know exactly what that feels like. And in fact, a lot of us, if we admit it, the last time we went on an adventure from him, we think it discounts us from having to go on the next one with him. I think that's you, is it you? I don't know, but I'm spoken for, for I fear. All my fears and doubts, they can come too, but they can't stay long when I'm here with you. And it's an opportunity for us to get going and say yes into the unknown. Now I'm gonna drop a little Corey Tim Boom in your speaker base, right? Because Corey Tim Boom says this, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God, right? We love that saying around here. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. And this is coming from a woman who was a Holocaust survivor, author of The Hiding Place, who helped find places for Jews and mentally disabled people to hide out so that they would not be executed and exterminated. If Corey Ten Boom can trust her unknown future into the hands of a known God, maybe this Monday I can get up and spend time with Jesus and say, I'm gonna get going and say yes to whatever's in front of me. Regardless of what interruptions, distractions, things I haven't planned on come my way, I know who you are. And I know every time I've said, yes, you've been faithful and you've been true. Didn't mean there wasn't suffering. Didn't mean there wasn't sacrifice, but there was significance. And God is always more concerned about who I'm becoming than where I'm going. Because who I'm becoming determines ultimately where I'm going. So this is... uh, how Jesus, or excuse me, not Jesus, this is how God is dropping us into this in Joshua chapter one. Um, The thing I want us to hear in this text is simply this. Before we say yes, God always promises his best. He's not just asking for a blind yes. Before we say yes, God will always promise us his best. So this is how the story starts out. Moses, my servant, is dead. What a great intro, right? Boom. One sentence. Okay, wow, we're dealing with some pretty heavy stuff here. Now, I can't say that sentence without hearing Dr. Robert Smith Jr., my African-American preaching professor and mentor who's been here before. He once did a 45-minute sermon on this one sentence. Moses, my servant, is dead. And it just, he has this prophetic, iambic pantameter, this baritone bass to his voice with pastoral conviction and a life lived following God into the unknown with unspeakable suffering, the likes of which I'll never understand, saturated with forgiveness and compassion and getting behind and raising up young preachers and communicators in a way that I think all the earth will rumble and rattle for the way that he's invested and given away his life. But he says this, when he says, Moses, my servant, is dead, God may bury his work but he never buries his work. And here's the great joy about following God. You can abandon your narrative and get plugged into a narrative that will last for all of eternity. 
Because each and you and I, we've walked in here with our own narratives that the Lord's asking you to abandon. Because we think we know what's successful and faithful and popular, all that stuff looks out. We've got this picturesque life of comfort and convenience where we barely have to have an ounce of faith or suffering or sorrow, but it's not going to lead to the life and the character God's calling you to lead. God may bury his workers, but he never buries his work because there is a theme throughout history and eternity that God is writing. And I don't know about you, but my soul cannot hold the weight of my own expectations. It has to be plugged into something bigger, deeper, truer, more communicative, more collective, so that it amounts to something other than my own praise. It amounts to somebody going, only God can get praise for that. So there's a narrative that the Lord's probably asking you to abandon tonight. And there's probably something that needs to die or has already died that you need to acknowledge. Because here's what's interesting. Uh, Moses, my servant, is dead. Next words is, and so God said to Moses' intern, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> How about that? For, like, this sounds like bad casting and a bad sequel. Like we couldn't get any of the original actors, so here's like the intern, all right? Here's the stand-in. Now, Joshua, be strong and very courageous, for I, your Lord, your God, am calling you to take the land. It's kind of like in Justice League when Superman died and Batman was the only dude who stepped up. And all the other people were like, you don't even have any superpowers. You're just rich, right? You're not even Batman. Your, your, your new name is not Superman, all right? I wonder if that's what they called uh, Joshua behind his back. Hey, not Moses. What's up? It ever happened to you? Did anybody ever really strong and powerful and amazing ever give you a shot, take you under their wing? encourage you, show you the ropes, and then the time comes for you to step up and lead and all you realize is, I'm not that person. I'm not Moses. And God knows exactly that and yet he still calls you. And I don't know about you, but if Joshua can say yes, and it gives me courage to say yes, even when I'm riddled with fears and doubts and anxiety and all I'm obsessed with, this is who I'm not, God says this is who you are. And if you can be very strong and very courageous, made in the power of my spirit, then we can step into a new future. And some of you, he's calling to take that step, and you've been stepping back because you're not this, you're not that, you're not this. I would say make peace with that. Acknowledge that fact. And in fact, before you say yes to what God is calling you to in the future, you have to say yes to what has died in the present. Moses is dead. And Joshua and the people of Israel grieve it, and they acknowledge it. They don't bounce right past it. They don't take a new adventure to make sure they're displacing all the repressed anger and disappointment. They're not just looking for stuff to do. They're trying to be a part of God's narrative, and part of that to say yes is to acknowledge the losses that you have endured. Big or small, what's a loss that you just need to name and grieve and release to the Lord and say, this is sad, and what was no longer is but I trust you with what will be. And it's gonna require more out of me than it ever has in the past. And so I'm ready to get going and to say yes. Uh, I love what uh, Bob Goff says. He, thinks, he says, I think God sometimes uses the completely inexplicable events in our lives to point us towards him. I would agree. We get to decide each time whether we lean into what is unfolding and say yes or back away. 
I don't know about you, but I'm tired of backing away. I want to say yes. I want to step forward. And I want to have a faith that believes that God is who he says he is and he will never leave me or forsake me. And regardless of the false narratives I have built up in my brain, I plug into the true narrative, the way, the truth, and the life. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then. Are you ready? Here comes the power punch. It's like nutrient-dense destiny coming up. We're going to get eight promises. Six times you're going to hear the verb give because before God asks us to say yes, he always promises us his best. And he's going to give him a litany of promises. Man, it's just going to come fast and furious. I'll be with you. I'll give you the land. No one will stand against you. I will be with you like Moses. I will give you success. I will give you prosperity. I will give you rest. But there is a catch. Isn't there always? God's promises prompt our participation. God's promised us so much. What he's looking for is men and women who are willing to participate in it. Right? This is just a scripture. God has given you everything you need to live a life of godliness. You can participate in God's divine nature. All of God's promises find their yes in Christ Jesus, but God's promises prompt our participation. And in fact, it invites it. Do you want to see how this works out? Because I'm going to show you in the next verse, it's unbelievable. If you want to work out a whole theological conundrum, God's sovereignty and my responsibility, or God's in control, does it really matter what I do? He's going to unpack it in one verse. Wherever you set foot, you will be on the land that I have given to you. You've got future and past in there. Wherever you will step foot, the second your foot lands there, I've already given it to you. It's a future past promise. I've already provided. I'm just waiting on your participation. I am your great shield. I am your provider. I am your protector. It's the same things he said to Abraham, right? He is the future past promiser who brings it about because he says so and then sits back and says, will you say yes and get going? I got a life for you to live. I got challenges for you to face. I got adventures for you to go on to. I got a spiritual family for you to participate in and expand to go make disciples of all families, tribes, tongues, and nations, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you even into the end of the age. I'll never leave you or forsaken you. I will come back for you. I'm preparing a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you so. Get going. Say yes. Because God's promises prompt our participation. Now let's take a minute and think, is God prompting you to participate in an area right now that you're not saying yes to? Now we can use the generalized God calling, but I would tell you this, if you are the life of a believer following Jesus, there is always a next step for you. One, do you know what that next step is? Two, are you stepping into it? What does it look like to have the strength and the courage to be obedient to whatever is next? Not a guaranteed outcome. Because as my coach likes to say to me, Chris, God gave you a promise. He did not give you a guarantee. The promises will always be with you. You want the guarantee of the preferred results in the way and and go, I get to control how this whole story works. Uh Uh-uh. You get a promise. What's holding you back? I'm stepping in and saying yes. God's promises is prompting my participation. 
And I'm not trying to give us a you-centered gospel. This is a collective. This is for the children of Israel and God's salvific plan in human history. And nine times out of ten, it's for us as the people and the family of God to move forward the kingdom of God in which we participate in his great and precious promises. But I do know God is intensely concerned about your individual life and your community life because they affect one another. But it's tough, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I'm a fearful, forgetful, fragile little creature. I'm the one preaching this, and I forget it. I get scared. I pull back. I bargain. Hey, what about this? What about this? I start to lay out fleeces, right, after I already know I've been called to step out on faith. Well, yeah, God, just keep proving it. Keep proving it. Keep proving it. Wait till it's completely safe and requires no faith. Then I am in. Let's go. But here's the problem, too, I think, for some of us. We've been wandering in the wilderness of our waiting and our wanting for far too long. Our hearts have grown cold, our muscles have grown weak, and our faith is beginning to fracture. Because let's be honest, men and women, it's easier to camp out in the wilderness and just look at the promised land rather than embracing the call to live in it. I have come that you may have life abundantly. And that narrative looks a lot different than yours. Abandon your narrative and embrace the gospel narrative, the story that Jesus is writing in and through every single one of us. Get going. Say yes. Because here's what the promise looks like, right? Be strong and very courageous for the Lord your God is with you. Yeah! What an awesome battle cry. Only it's not a battle cry. When I'm reading this text, I want to get really masculine and meaty and go pump weights and charge into the battle like Braveheart or something and put smear blue paint all over myself and I want to slay suckers in the name of Jesus, right? Something primordial calls out to me like that. It's not a battle cry. It's a curriculum for Christ-likeness. This is not me bullying people into submission to Christianity. It's me submitting to the way of Jesus. I can be very strong and courageous to do what? What comes next? Do not let the word of the Lord depart from your lips. Meditate on it day or night. Do not turn to the left or the right. Be careful to obey everything that I have said. That's what's gonna cause you to be strong and courageous. That's what I need you for. I'll fight the battles. You walk in obedience and don't you get ahead of me or get behind me. You stay right in step with me and the only way you're gonna do that if my words, my will, and your way are always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Another word for that is mumble it under your breath. Talk to your children about it right on the doorpost of your heart. Do not depart from the Lord's ways. Then you're going to get two other promises, right? Because for Joshua, it's, hey, make sure the Torah is at every turn. Make sure God's instruction are at every intersection. Make sure the Bible is breathing life into your lungs in the midst of any breakdown and any breakthrough. Make sure the word of God is in you so it can get through you. And then two promises. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Oh, I like that. Daddy likes. Yeah. Problem is, this is when I insert my own narrative once again because I've got a picture of what my life looks like where I'm prosperous and successful. And there's a long list of cars that I wouldn't like because that goes along with that, along a certain house, a lot of certain vacations. Yeah, that could be good. I, I, I got no problems preaching health and wealth gospel as long as it benefits me, right? It's not what this means. If you look at the original words, successful, 
means acting wisely. Prosperous means living correctly. That's not our definition of success and prosperous, is it? So I have a question for you tonight. When you're following God, do you want to be successful in the world's eyes or do you want to be faithful in your father's eyes? Those two things look radically different from the world's point of view. Sad truth is a lot of us started following Jesus because he thought, hey, if I just confess him, he's going to make me pretty powerful and popular. And I like all those things. And then we discover that he's calling us that the way up is the way down. The way to live is to die. That if we want abundant life, we abandon our own false narratives of being successful, prosperous, pivoting, and popular. And we follow Jesus, who was none of those things by the world's definition. He's the most beautiful, wise, and powerful man that's ever walked planet Earth according to the kingdom of God. Then, if you don't let the word of God depart from your lips, don't turn from the left or the right, then you can be prosperous and successful regardless of what your finances look like, regardless of whether or not you got a fiance. You can stay true, act wisely, and live rightly. Regardless, and that's last week. Storms come, wind blows, your life is built on a firm foundation. It's going to stand the test of time. I'm looking for men and women like that. I want to be a part of a community of people who are building their life on a firm foundation. That we think prosperous and successful doesn't get hijacked by our American culture of consumption and celebrity and competition where we've got to beat out everybody else, but rather we're here to sacrifice for the sake of others. And to be honest with you, for a lot of people, it's not a blip on anyone's radar in this world. But we're wildly successful and prosperous because we've abandoned this false narrative of comfort and convenience and embraced the way of Christ to get down on our knees, to wash the feet of people around us. No matter how difficult or how dirty, we're always looking for opportunities to take the land, to get back what was rightfully God's, his people. Because there's another Joshua coming. His name's Jesus or Yeshua. And he's going to say all the promises of, Christ, of God find their yes in Christ Jesus. And he tells Joshua, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And Jesus tells us the same thing. And he's not taking us to the promised land. He's letting us know who the promised one is. And once you know that, and once you're following him, then you'll be prosperous and successful, acting wisely, living rightly in everything you do. The conclusion of this chapter has uh, an awesome moment in the end. I think it's uh, close to verse 16 or 17, or it's verse 16. Then all the people said, yes, we will do all that you command us to do. We will do what God says to do, and we will go where God says to go. Yes. You know what another translation of the word yes is in the Bible? Amen. Amen? Amen. So we like to preach the Bible clearly here and then give your soul some space to respond. We're going to take a 120 seconds and just let you sit and listen and prompt. Jacoby's going to come up and kind of walk us through this. The band will play underneath us. But we want to make sure that when God's promises prompt us to participation, we're not just sitting as spectators in this moment. We want to hear the voice of the Lord calling us into the unknown. And we want to be the kind of people who say yes.